छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Welcome back to Don't Read the Latin for part two of our special Ghostbusters episode with your ghost hosts, Jennifer Lovely, Michael Montour, Jeff Harris, Jillian Venters, and handsome boyfriend Jim. Did you play the Xbox Ghostbusters game, the one that came out a few years ago, uh, that was written by Aykroyd and Ramis? It's funny you should ask me that. (laughs) I not only played that game, I worked on it. There what? you go. I worked That's on that. Right. Wow. No, what a what? Seg- what what unintentional did, segue. Did, did you know this? Did he pay you no, off I, to I ask that question? Not, I no, honestly did not know this. <laughs> I worked on that. Up until a few years back, I still had the t-shirt that I got for being on the team. My name is not in the credits. I have a screen grab of my names in the in the, uh, in the the temp credits. Right. Because it was sold from Vivendi Universal to, I forget what game company eventually published it out of Texas. Mm-hmm. I think it, maybe it was went back to Atari, but... No, uh, I tested that game uh, mm-hmm. from beginning to basically the end, and then it went off to the other company to get polished off and mm-hmm. and, uh, and published. So yes, I actually worked on that game. Okay, That's so you amazing. so you're very familiar with it. Oh, I edited. The reason why there are I I really hope that there are no spelling mistakes or grammatical errors in Tobin's Spirit Guide is because of me. All right. Well done. Well so done. it was it was certainly an interesting experience since it was effectively. Ghostbusters 3. Yes, it was. Um, and uh, you had the original cast back, uh, and <laughs> you also had, uh, you know, what I felt with at the time, I it was I felt it was actually really good gameplay, mm-hmm. but it was, okay, we're back in the Ghostbusters world, and you're getting the team up with the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Uh, I, I Basically, I feel it was a really good part of the franchise that if, if people aren't gamers, they're not going to have experienced Mm-hmm. Because of the media it came in, but it was really well done on that respect. This is the video game that had the scenes. This is a video game that was written by Aykroyd and Ramus, mostly Aykroyd, uh, and had everybody come back to revoice their roles. Okay, because I actually watched a bunch of the scene portions well, of the game. Yeah, cut. Let me let me rephrase. They didn't get everyone. They did not get everyone. They did not get uh, Sigourney uh, Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, for whatever reason, did not come back for the for the game. So uh, Alyssa Milano played a new character, Alyssa, and I can only imagine that the reason why Sigourney Weaver can't did not come back is because the role of Alyssa, either probably because she didn't care, but the role of Alyssa uh, had nothing but being a damsel in distress mm-hmm. for yeah. for Venkman to fall in love with and try to rescue. Yeah. it was very plainly still the Dana role that it would have worked better if it was the it was the character of Dana but they shoehorned in this 
obviously, of course, going to be younger character for him to fall in love with and immediately run off and try to rescue. Yeah. It was, eh. and of course, they didn't get Moranis. No, they did not get Moranis. They did get the guy who played Walter Peck. Walter Peck was back. That was actually uh, one of my favorite parts. Walter Peck was back. And they did not get the guy who played the mayor, because there's a new mayor character in there, but that is played by uh, Bill Murray, by Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's brother, who also played uh, the psychiatrist that yes. when they were committed in Ghostbusters yeah. 2. So, yeah. Anyway, it just... And it, it has elements from the first two Ghostbusters in it. So... Yeah. Funny anecdote time. Um, so since I tested this, uh, we tested the multiplayer. The multiplayer had some really awesome music in it. We were like, this music is badass. It's it's awesome. It's got this weird ethereal quality to it while still being really hard and guitar heavy and crunchy. It's it's so good. I can't believe that this is... Oh, it's that's why it's from the, it's from the movie 300. They used the 300 soundtrack as the temp soundtrack for the, uh, the, oh. for the stuff. And we were like, man, that's a shame. We're never going to be able to do that. Um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray phoned it in on that role so bad that when I initially tested that game and they, 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 they had a... They were saying, we don't know if Bill Murray's going to come in and do the, do, the, do the voiceover. We don't know if Bill Murray's going to come in. And so his stuff was blank for the longest time. And then it popped in and I said to myself, huh, well, they got themselves a sound alike because that's not Bill Murray. Oh, it was Bill Murray. It was Bill Murray giving the worst fucking line reads that reads that I had ever heard in my life. Like when the, the, the Alyssa character is stolen by, you know, taken away by a ghost, she's kidnapped and everything. And his line was, Alyssa. That was his. That was his line read for that. When it was like, wow. you know, supposed to be like Alyssa, Alyssa. Was Lorenzo Music busy? Or, um... Lorenzo Music was dead oh, at that yeah, point. So he's busy yeah. being Dave dead, Coulier but... was not busy because okay, he was the right. second Bankman in the right. uh, in the Ghostbusters yeah, cartoon. True. But no, it was uh, he 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 phoned it in so badly it was uh, it was really bad. Speaking of voices in the Ghostbusters cartoon, I did not realize until today, you know, looking at that um, Wikipedia page for it. No, Arsenio Hall I knew about, but I didn't realize that that uh, Ray was um, Frank uh, Welker. Yeah, that uh, Fred from Scooby Doo. Fred from Scooby Doo. Yeah. Megatron from Transformers. Yeah. Doctor Claw. From, and, and as soon as I read that, everything. As soon as I read that, I watched another couple episodes of, of Real Ghostbusters. Like, yeah, that that that's he was Fred. also Slimer. Huh. Frank yes. was also Slimer because Frank Welker can do anything. <laughs> you can <laughs> listen to it, and I just say. Boy, that every single ghost in this is basically Frank Welker in yeah. this cartoon. Yeah, um, so it's kind of like what James Doohan did. For the, yes, uh, yeah. thank you for being our voice actor. Uh, IMDb. There is, and yeah. and they they also got Max von Sydow back for the video game because wow. he was the I believe he's uncredited, but he dubbed over the he actor the who played Vigo right in yeah. Ghostbusters Two. No, and he credited. Reprised like, it. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to do your own. On that note, <laughs> those were actually some of the funniest things in the game. On that note, a bug that we filed during the course of that game, the game had the uh, the Vigo portrait hangs in the in the firehouse next to where you park the Ecto One. Nice. Elsewhere in the game, I I can't remember exactly where else. I think it was in Ray's bookstore, which was deleted from the game because there was an entire parade level where you hopped on a float and the float would go through New York City and you'd blast ghosts while you were riding on the that float. That sounds amazing. They never could get it to work with the okay. physics engine, though, yeah, so it right. never worked right. But when the game kind of, uh, for a while, jumped from like the sewers to the rooftops, 
without anything in there because it was supposed to go through this part of the level. And then you said, oh, we need to get up onto the rooftops. And you went through Ray's bookstore from Ghostbusters 2 nice. to get to the rooftops. Um, inside the bookstore was the painting from the end of Ghostbusters 2 where they're all beatific and, right. and you know, uh, super duper muscular with the baby. I felt like Which I is the same painting. <laughs> they are the actual, physically the same painting. It's that beatific one is the is the, the transformed Vigo painting. Oh. So we filed a bug and said, yeah, those are the same painting. Continuity-wise, <laughs> that's, that's incorrect. And the response was basically, uh, in so many words, fuck you. <laughs> we're, we're putting them both in the game. Nice. Fair enough. Uh, but, speak, yeah. speaking, of, speaking of deleted scenes, that's something that, that I found out today that, that makes way more sense. Is apparently in, in Ghostbusters 2 originally, there was a running joke throughout about Lewis trying to prove that he had what it takes to become a Ghostbuster. Whereas in the finished movie, when he puts on the suit at the end, it comes out of fucking nowhere. There is nothing that leads up to that. Yeah. Mm. Also, in the uh, in the role playing game, Lewis Tully is the villain of the role playing game, or kind of a villain, because he is the guy who runs the the, go, the original Ghostbusters, according to the role playing game, signed over the franchise rights to Lewis Tully to, okay. to to so that he would head up Ghostbusters Incorporated, which was the name of the larger worldwide franchise. So Lewis Tully was this basically power mad, cynical accountant that made you pay for everything that you got. That's hilarious. For, for it. it was very much a background character that you could use to yeah. annoy your players. So, but the plot of Ghostbusters the game, sorry, the plot was, was Ghostbusters the video game, perfectly serviceable, had a bunch of stuff in it, uh, you know, extra crap so you could play as a video game and be like, oh, I want this gun now. I'm going to get this gun. And then they had dialogue in there where I had to file a bug for that too. You don't, you pulled out the ability of it to do this, but you left the dialogue in there and they said, screw you, we're not going to have Harold Ramis come in and, revol- and do any more dialogue because we removed stuff. The Wii version allows you to play as a male or female cadet Ghostbuster. Yeah. But none of the other ones do. They, you're, we are default a male and you cannot change that, which is... Yeah. So now a missed we, opportunity. We were looking at the new Ghostbusters game that is coming out. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say it was a reboot of something? Is it it's of a, the original game? Or no, is it's it... a redo of a of a kind of a cheap four player smash 'em up called Sanctum of Slime that they put out a while back. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Which was eh, okay, but they it looks like they just redid it. So they the just reskinned it. Yeah, looks it looks that way. I haven't wow. bothered okay. to read okay. a lot of right. reviews. Now that but... is a cheap cash grab. <laughs> Yep. You're not wrong. But at least they did not reskin it with the Ghostbusters from the new movie. It's three three male Ghostbusters and a female Ghostbuster. So we're back to the only have the token woman on yeah. the team for the uh, game. So, so that's like uh, Extreme Ghostbusters, which I didn't even know existed yes. until like a week or two ago. I, I, really never, I, I never watched, watched it. it. Yeah? I, don't know. I, I watched How it. is it? Oh, it's it's not good. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's all right. Moving on. It was diverse. <laughs> it, it was it was painfully diverse because you had <laughs> your your Ghostbusters were uh, a Latino, a goth chick, a black guy, and a guy in a wheelchair. Okay, then. Being taught by the new Ghostbusters by Egon and Janine. Okay. Huh. Was so. this in the nineties? Well, it was called Extreme Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was in the 90s. Because I remember there was a point in which it seemed like a lot of uh, genre stuff was having a character in a wheelchair as, a, as an attempt to yeah. be... Did the goth chick move into the library and refuse to come out? No. Well, they got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, basically. No. no, she was angsty. So, you know, I mean, we just watched a couple of us. I, I pretty religiously watched the real Ghostbusters when it came out when I was a kid. Um... 
because again didn't have cable and so it was on regular network tv and so i got to watch it and and, and loved it um and uh they've recently uh put them on amazon vod for purchase right and uh, i bought the first five seasons because it's what is available and i watched the, the uh, pilot with tecla and we were like yeah. pretty rough the very first yeah. episode is not a good one the second one isn't a good one either killer watt yeah so, but but we watched the first. We watched the, the the third one. The third one is like Mrs. Rogers' Neighborhood. The third one it starts. The third one is really good. And then the fourth one I thought was 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 uh, so the show watched, I remember. We watched Mrs. Rogers. Do remember it taking time to ramp up? Yes, but we did watch the uh, Michael Straczynski written episode yeah. that introduced the character Sam, Sam, Hain, Sam Haynes. Uh, the, the Halloween that never ends, or something like yeah. that, which is a great, a wonderfully written episode. With some of the most shit animation that I have seen in a long time. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on Straczynski writing an episode of Real. Yeah, well, he wrote several. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he was he was a prolific writer on the show. Yeah. Good lord. Okay. And, and of course, this triggers my whole thing of it's pronounced Sawin, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, you and I are going to sit over here and, and <laughs> yeah. mutter quietly about that. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so when I'm starting to rewatch it the other day, and I, I had just watched those first two episodes, I was like, "This isn't nearly as good as I remember." Now I can say, "Ghostbusters has ruined my childhood." <laughs> <laughs> well, but one of the things I really appreciated with it was it created such a family of them. Yeah, it's okay, honey. Elderly cat Abigail had to go into the vet because she's wheezing. She has inflammation in her lungs. Hey, good. She wants to take after you. Yeah, pretty much. She is my kitty. Um, but I had to do chest x-rays and blood work and urine samples and everything. But my, my friend Marcy works at the vet place that we went to, and she offered her some treats. And, and I'm like, oh, Abby doesn't eat treats. And then all of a sudden, like, Abby, like, linebackered me out of the way. And <laughs> I was like, what did you give her? And she's like, Frisky's Party Mix. It's basically like Doritos for cats. <laughs> so I got her the big gym. Handsome boyfriend gym. Got her the really big container of it. They only had like a tiny little, like, couple of serving packet in a thing. I ordered the big one. I've taken to calling it Frito Pie. (laughs) (laughs) Abby likes her Frito Pie. As long as she's happy. She's she's lost so much weight. My cat is 19 years old, and she's the one you hear squawking occasionally in the background. Um, and she's, I think she might've lost up to like a third of her weight in the last year. And she's really all skin and bones. And so if she wants to eat all the Frito pie she wants, I'm going to dish it yeah, up. Yeah, basically. Yep. When, when you first were saying that it was like Doritos for cats, my immediate thought was that they also ate like Mountain Dew for cats. Cause then we could arrange a little cat D and D game. There we go. <laughs> Um, God, I want to take a picture of that now. <laughs> it, it, it's like it's dogs, like dogs playing, playing poker. poker. Yeah, it's like, oh. That's like D and D. And then she rolled a one. Wow! Um. So you know, I mean, I'm going to take the sound effects away from you. <laughs> You're on notice, me. <laughs> Auntie Jill is going to have a talk with you. I can. You know, I can still recast Dante. Oh yeah, it is the after school special music. It goes on for a couple seconds. It's almost done. You say that often? It's yeah, I do. Done. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's almost over, just let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's gonna be our new podcast motto. <laughs> yes! I'm I'm both really glad and 
kind of sad that I was here for that. <laughs> wow. All right. I don't think there's much else to say about the real Ghostbusters. No. I, you know, we loved it. As we kids. loved yeah. it. We loved it as kids. Yeah. Nah. And most of it holds up really well. It, yeah. yeah. The yeah. idea of it holds yeah. up really well. And I loved the family. Oh, the, yeah. the, the only thing that I do want to say about it is like, I'm still annoyed with the same thing that annoyed me about it when I was a kid. Yeah. Is that uh, bringing in Slimers, their little slapstick mascot, oh. was not really necessary. Oh. It wasn't necessary, but like when Sam Hain took him and they got yeah. him back, they were like, that's our but little Slimer. It's also it's what like, makes oh. Slimer beloved. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take it from what you take it for what you will. Yeah, I am doing was saying that the whole reason that, that Slimer has a cameo in uh, Ghostbusters 2 is because, because of the, of the real cartoon, Ghostbusters. And that is why they actually redressed Janine's character. Yeah, to look more like la- the her, yeah. real Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. It had an influence. Mm-hmm. It did. So, you know what? I. Ghostbusters 2016. Yay. Yay. I. here Here's my opinion on it. Okay. I liked it. It was really fun. Um. I am glad that I've heard complaints about it not being adult enough to be funny to, I imagine, the people who were kids, where things were a lot punchier in the 80s and uh, racier. Oh. You know. Okay. And, and well, the you comedy, a queef the joke early on. That's uh, not really yeah. Fucking hysterical. Yeah. yeah. I, I was taken aback by that for a second. Then I was like. Isn't that exactly on the same level as the dick humor in the original? It is. It is. It is. It really was. Okay. And, and as soon as I thought that, I was like, okay, moving on. You know, that's what we're doing. Well, so, the, okay, before we get into the movie itself, uh-huh. I have come to the conclusion that Hollywood trailer makers don't like Melissa McCarthy because don't they, they, do. they don't make, the trailers never represent her movies no. accurately. Yeah, yeah, or her. Like, yeah. they try and make a laughing stock of her. Like, they, they're, they're like... Well, she's a fat woman who's funny, so the only way she could be funny is if we're laughing at, at her, her, right? Yeah. yeah. Which again is my. And, and she has played with... roles that are like that, but this is definitely this not is one not of one them. of them. No, it's like Spy. Spy fucking makes me mad. Yeah, it still spy... makes me mad. I, I haven't seen it yet. And I still want to because you told me what the real movie is. It's like, well, I want to see that movie, yeah. Yeah. not and, the movie that I was in remember, the trailers. So, so I just made the joke. You made me laugh so hard I have to pee, which you guys do. All the time. Because we're bad people. Because you're wonderful and I love you. <laughs> Movies don't often make me laugh that hard. And there was a point in Spy where I was like, you have to hit pause because I have to be. <laughs> but no, they they don't like her. The trailers are terrible representations of what the movie is. The trailers were just meh. I kind of liked them, but I was like, I am... I am going to go see this in spite of the trailer. Exactly. I was strongly ambivalent about the trailer because there were jokes and moments in the trailers that I laughed out loud at. Yeah. And then the other half of it left me yeah. completely cold. Yeah. And poor, I, there's a lot of ways in which I feel Patty was really undermined. Yes. Well, they play because up. she is not a Winston. Where no. she's, you know, when she comes in, it's because she's signed up. Because yeah. she's a giant history nerd. Because yeah. she's a nerd and they're doing something awesome and so she wants to be a part of that. And the trailers don't show that. The trailers make her look like, oh, this is another large, sassy black woman. Yeah. yeah. And while and there were... so much more than that. Well, and it's like, there was a little bit of that in her oh, yeah. character. But again, her major aspect is, this is a woman who's really... Smart on the same level as and these characters, kind, just without a degree. Kind, yeah. yeah, but she's but, highly intelligent, and her intelligence is key yes. to part of the movie's resolution. To because it's knowledge they don't have, yeah, yeah. and that is necessary to what they do. Um, so, so, I so what read I was going to say, that, go ahead. Uh, that character was actually originally intended for, for Melissa, Melissa yeah. McCarthy. Yep. 
Um, and that's yeah. Leslie Jones then said, I want to play that role. Yeah. Yeah. Which tells you about the role if Leslie said, no, I want it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, no, it was the things I loved as, as, again, somebody who's tired of certain BS in movies. Wait, I'm on Don't Read the Latin. Tired of certain bullshit in <laughs> you movies. Can I, I think you mean fucking bullshit. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> the, and I paid attention to this. There was one joke in the whole movie that mentioned that Patty was black. Yes. There yes. was no joke that talked about the fact that Patty and Abby are heavier. Yeah. There yep. was no, no fat no jokes. jokes. There was no... There was no bitchiness between the women because, of course, that many women together have got to be tearing oh, each other yeah. apart. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were... Everybody was respected mm-hmm. for the jobs that they did. and But that was the point, as, as I had started to make, is I love that it's not super racy, that I can show this to my daughter. Yeah. And then it's a movie for her. Like, I don't care that this isn't a movie for the dude bros. Mm. Because it's just like that goddamn meme. This movie is not for you. Yeah. This movie is for her. Because, again, I yeah. love that, that Abby's, one of Abby's running jokes is the, the freaking restaurant can never get her order right. Yes. Yeah. That, you but, had to come up the stairs. But that it shows, <laughs> they, they show them hour? eating without it making a, either an issue or sex. It's just, hey, we got to eat. Yes. Sandwiches are here. Yeah, you know, sandwiches yeah. are here. Yeah. And you, you, you and, know when you haven't eaten, your blood sugar gets. Really yeah, yes. it's it's. I love that. I also love. So Faye, uh, Paul Feig said the only reason he couldn't come out right and say that Holtzman was gay was that was the one thing Sony would have balked at. Yeah, but that subtext is pretty much text. That subtext is text. It's like yeah. I, it, anybody who has any questions about that, I want them to watch the uh, the the the, the um, very opening of the movie. No, the, where <laughs> yes. she, where she, the celluloid closet, where, yes. where oh, it yeah. talks about gays how, finding their representation and how there were hints to it and how they're and, coded and, and how they're coded and and she is. Holtzman's first line in this movie is her hitting on Aaron. Uh, Aaron, yeah. yeah, it's great, and I love her pin. Yes, I did, screw I, you. I, well, the thing is, I noticed it. I, I didn't I, get it. I got it right yeah. away, and then I mm. not only did I get it right away, I didn't get it right away, but halfway through the movie, I got a good look and went, huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> but then when, we're, we're we're spoilerific, right? Yes. But then when Sigourney Weaver shows up at the end of the movie and she's wearing the exact same, same pin, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. At that point, my wife went, I want what was, what was that the line? pin. Etsy. Warning lights are for dudes. Warning, warning, warning lights, lights are for boys. Dudes. 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 The, I love it. With the Etsy comment and the tie-in merchandising, I just found out the movie novelization for this yeah. uh-huh. is the cover of Ghosts from Our Past yes. with a tearaway part showing the Ghostbusters logo. Yeah. Oh, I need that. I may need to buy it just for <laughs> yes. that. Yes. Also because I have a terrible fascination with movie novelizations. Yeah. Crimson Peak. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Transformers oh, 3! That, that, that oh my god! Not Transformers 3. It was written by it. Peter David. It was actually pretty good. It was way better than the movie. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, true, no. Um, true, true fact, though. Um, Ghost, going back a little bit to Ghostbusters 2 and talking about the racism and everything. And it was just until this watching that I didn't see it. Lewis Tully, when he's talking to the judge, when he's acting as their lawyer, and he mushmouths a little bit, the, yeah. the Rick Moranis mushmouths during his speech. Towards them about uh, you know my client. I think it's unfair that my, we call my clients frauds and everything. He has a line where he says, "Sure, the blackout was a big problem for everybody." <gasps> I until this very afternoon 
thought he said, sure, the black guy was a big problem for everybody. Because Winston isn't in the courtroom. And I was always like, that's a weird thing to say, that the black guy was a big Wait, problem. Wait, so what is the line? I didn't is the, the blackout. Because they the call it the blackout. Because they, he's stuck in an elevator. When how they, did, how right. did you not infer that? <laughs> because he's mush-mouthing his way through yep. the line. Yep. And so he's just like, and he's, and he's doing the Rick Moranis. <laughs> so it came out to me. Sure, the black guy was a big out problem for everybody. I was driving around for hours and a whole time. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was like, what? The black guy? Dude, way to shit on Winston when he's not even in the room. <laughs> so, one of the three white guys are sitting right there like, yeah, yeah it's a big so, problem for everybody. I think, and I think it might have this been This one time, back. I did it. I was like, oh! Oh! Because there were a few callbacks. And one of them, you know, at the end of the movie when uh, Abby and uh, Aaron's hair turn white? Yes. Yeah. And Winston in the first movie, I have seen shit that will turn you white. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> notice they both are turning back and looking when it happens. Yes. Oh, right. right. So mm-hmm. I think that was so a here, here, Here is, okay, here is what I will say is my grievance. And actually, Jim had the same complaint I did. Mm-hmm. That I wish Aaron and Abby had a few more, were a little more individual characters. Yes. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Yes. Have you seen it just, have you seen it just the once? I've seen twice. it twice. Twice. Okay. The second time, I, like, I felt I, like they I just, were more I felt like Holtzman and Patty were so fantastic. They were fully realized. They had quirks. You understand? Where, whereas Abby and Aaron kind of came as a set, but I didn't like. It, it is a little more obvious. Like like their characterization is better in the on a second viewing, a little bit. But the fact that it's not apparent on a first viewing is an issue. It's like. Uh, there was a thing uh, that Red Letter Media did their takedown of the prequel trilogy for Star Wars. And one of the things they did in the very first movie was they sat a bunch of their friends down and said, "In, in just dis- take words and describe to me Princess Amidala. You know, and don't right. talk about her, co- you can't talk about their costumes. You can't talk about like uh, anything. You have to tell me what their personality is like. And they, any of the characters in the movies, they do couldn't do You know do what it. I think would resolve this problem? I am positive, as Jim is, that there is a scene that is cut out of the film. Yes, where 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 Aaron leaves. Where Aaron leaves. Aaron quits the team because, after they're fake arrested. She so desperately wants to be legitimate, and mm-hmm. and had to have people have faith in her knowledge. And yet again, when they get faux arrested, again she is being told that she's not legitimate. She doesn't know what she's talking about, and they treat it. They're like when when they go off to do their ghost busting at the very end of the movie, she's very obviously not there. She's and and True. when she tries to come back in, Holtzman so says, she, she "Welcome to, back, welcome back." And, what, and and I think something I think you're like, right. Yeah, and, yeah, and that, I think something like that I that, too. that had a little bit of character depth and breakdown of their relationship would be enough. There are enough people who have brought that up and from various different sources that I'm starting to wonder if that is a scene that is in the novelization. Yeah. yeah. And or was and was in the and original sure, script. I'm and sure it'll come it. into the DVD. I'm hoping it'll be a director's cut. No. Because, I'm because, just I, think, the novelization because I think I think a little <laughs> bit like that where you have a little bit of an if you have a breakdown in the relationship and get to see it yeah. between Aaron and Abby. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I think that's all the, it would have been the, necessary the, the other thing to make them feel fully developed as characters to me. The other thing that I, that I think that would, would really help is, you, you know, the whole rule of three they talk about, you know, both in comedy and, yeah, and in yeah. drama. You know. yeah. um, at the beginning, they establish, you know, that 
Abby left, mm -hmm. and then at the very end you get the, oh, well, I wasn't going to leave you again. If you'd had that middle section that you're talking about, yeah. that would have unified it a lot. I mm -hmm. know! Yeah. Yeah. Well, huh. And I'll I'm have sure the novelization by this weekend, so I'll be able yeah. to tell okay. you. Sure. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is I had noticed their sameness. I just, part of my brain had filled in, well, they grew up together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They came from the same place, yeah. and it might be part of that. But you're right. There, there could have so been a little bit shiny. more. shiny. Yeah. With Holtzman and I fully support eccentric women named Jillian. I am here for this. <laughs> I, yes. And and Patty is like yep. I I wanted to, I wanted to hug well I wanted to hug Patty. Yeah. I so every I, it, I didn't want to hug Holtzman. <laughs> so I'll say that one thing. I well, know, one thing special not, hug. Not, I wanted to give her a special arms. hug. So, so with Patty, one thing I noticed is there was <gasps> there's that whole thing about the hoop earrings. I feel really warm. Did you catch that? Yeah. They're talking. And you notice after that, she is wearing studs. And I was reading oh, I about that. Somebody that. said that it's a subtle thing to show. And that's the point where Patty really starts taking it seriously. Right. Yeah, she changed her earrings because, nope, this is a job and I'm going to do it well. Uh, that's and, uh, okay. and well, You're yeah, about to walk through a room full of nightmares. Oh, my God. Where's she's <laughs> and that's a room full of nightmares. Well, and here's the, and yeah. she leaves it. That's and she leaves. Yeah. She doesn't go in and investigate it. Yes, so, I was so this is and where smart. she And where she slaps the fucking devil. <laughs> the power <laughs> of Patty compels you. So, You're like, yes. Uh, so you now bring us to the thing we're going to have to talk about. Mm. We're going to have to talk about Kevin. <laughs> he's, he's like yep. a golden retriever. So, I will he go is. He's a golden retriever oh, in body form. He is so a puppy dog. So here's an interesting thing I ran into online that mystified me. It's like, you poor saps. <laughs> there were people getting into serious arguments. Why did people keep saying that was Chris Hemsworth? That was clearly Liam. I what? saw that. What? Yeah. Okay. Because people cannot reconcile Kevin with Thor. He, he's he's, but he's an actor. He, yeah, but he's yeah. different parts. Yeah, yeah but try acting, dear boy. Yeah, <laughs> and, much easier. and they yeah they just there were people that just were were insistent it was Liam too. Hensworth, not not Chris. And I was like, no, okay, first no. off, they don't look that much alike. They really they don't. really don't. They and don't. this was you can tell they're related. But Liam is the superior dancer. So here's the thing with this. <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. You know, I'm just saying. You know how much I'm sitting here. How much fun this must have been for Chris. Because oh, yeah. he didn't have to bulk up. He didn't have to put on any accent other than his natural but one. What I and he mean, got to go for it for comedy. With no yeah. shame. With no yeah. shame. But the thing is, so what is utterly lost on me is he does nothing for me. He does nothing for me until I realized what an utter fucking dork he is. And it has been through the little comedy things yeah. that he's put out on his own that are just little personal videos. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't watched the new National Lampoons because it doesn't hold any interest for me. But no. the huge schlong, uh, Cousin Randy-esque, um, uh, Randy Quaid character right. from the original National Lampoons, he is walking around being really inappropriate with his very tight pants. Um, and the way he just plays that... Like he just has no dignity, and 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 it's funny, and it's yeah. funny, and that was the funniest thing. And the thing is, but I saw people getting really pissed off. Well, what was his point? And I'm like, did you get this pissed off about Rick Moranis' character? Yeah, because he's not Janine. Yeah, no, he's Lewis. he's, he's Lewis. not Janine. He's Lewis. Because Lewis was a fuck nut. He he did not he, really he, know he, what he was doing. Lewis was stupid. He was bad at his job. He's the one who gets possessed. Yeah. And if we bring the second film into it, he's the one who wants to join the team. Yeah. All of these things were, were, were rolled into Kevin. And, and frankly, the other reason it's good they had Chris in that role is 
when he's possessed, Chris manages to play. Nope, this is somebody. This is not Kevin. Yeah, this yeah. is somebody else. Yeah, he plays that very well. He actually, mm-hmm. that I think he was an excellent choice for what the role demanded. Oh, yeah. But it, this also brings another point that I was really happy, and I people try and shoehorn a thing that I don't think is necessary. It's like these are not. None of them are analogs to the original Ghostbusters. Not, these are not. original characters in a similar setting. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with similar tropes, but one of the things I really liked that was when they when they're being showed around the fire station by the realtor. And the realtor quotes the price of what that property would be worth in New York today. Burn it hell. Burn it hell. That's, that's entirely accurate. I liked the fact that they were able yeah. to to bring even that subtle plot point in yeah. of this is that not the clever. original movie. And I did yeah. like that that scene is basically a redo of the scene from the first movie, just with entirely different resolution. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Quick trivia. The realtor was the screenwriter. Yep. Aww. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, so, Yeah. Kevin has been the the big source of complaint of a lot of whiny little man baby fuckboys on the internet. Because if there's going to be a male lead, be, yeah, be, be, because of, because of the reverse the, the reverse sexism of you know the only male character being the the, the dumb eye candy character, uh... and, and 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 people are like you know this is really you know mean spirited you know it, doing it's this not really it's, any it's, better if it's, it's just doing the exact same thing but just but to be the thing sex. is it's not. Mean spirited. There, there's no. there's nothing really mean spirited in this movie about about Kevin. Anyone. No. Everyone is very fond of him. You as the audience are meant to be very fond of him. Mm-hmm. If you look back at, at Lewis in the original, you're supposed to be thinking, "Ha ha, what a loser!" Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas they Kevin fight really for is him. their pet. They fight for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like nobody hurts our Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Let's go get our just, useless just, secretary back. Just yes. unplug his phone. He wouldn't know. He would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's no, and you're right. That's but that's I think you I've got to go play my competitive hide and seek. Yes. We're the semis. <laughs> Here's so, the thing. So, so which is better? Me playing saxophone or me listening, listening to the saxophone? saxophone. <laughs> yeah, which makes me look more like a doctor. doctor. Yes. So God. here's the thing, I think you hit on the other thing. This was not a mean spirited movie. It, it wasn't. There was nothing way. mean in this movie. There was yeah. nobody. So refreshing. The, the closest we had to a mean spirited character was the whiny middle class white dude who was the villain. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But the mirror's assistant. Going to show them times. all. Yeah. No, she was just trying to do her job. Yeah, that, that, that oh, was never felt the the mayor's assistant. Mm-hmm. No, that, yeah, she just she yeah. is running. She came close control. to being mean, but not quite. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing is, is I also look at these people who are complaining about Kevin thinking you realize that's not the character you should be offended by, right? Right. right. <laughs> that's well, not the character that's aimed directly and, at you, and, yes. right? And the villain, the, the white boy who's who, <laughs> I I have suffered. I have never been afforded the 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 respect of of anyone else, and. I'm going to, you know, show them all now oh. that my potential. Honey, and, babies that went well, right over your head. And what I love is, have, you, you can't imagine that. No, really, pretty much everyone craps on us too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and that whole being unflaggingly polite, which is not a positive trait, because that's another really yeah. douchebaggy thing a lot of guys do. Oh, I'm going to be very polite and sentimental. Take your fucking fedora off. <laughs> um, that was the only thing he was missing. Those those bastards have ruined a perfectly good hat. Although, yeah, but so, no, they've ruined no, they, a trilby. It's a trilby. Yeah, it's true, not a fedora. True. I gotta say that again, <laughs> in the intellect of the movie, this was a smart movie. Yeah, this yeah. was a smartly written movie, and I love the idea that the villain. This is a great example of create your own enemy. 
Because where did he get his ideas from? Where did the villain get his his means to do this? He read their book. He read their book. Yeah. Yep. It was just this brilliant thing of okay, so you, and that was also the whole. This was not science versus magic. This was science versus science. Yeah. Affecting magic. Um. It's just I loved it. Yeah. One of the other things I that, really that, that I love about the, the whole structure of it all is that that it does provide more origins and reasons for things than the original movie does. Yeah, you you yes. know why they have a oh. hearse for a car. Uh, you, yes. you know where they got their logo from. Yeah. And, and, and I've seen people complain about these characters being underwritten. I want to ask them, okay, so so Venkman and Ray in the original, how did they meet? Why do they know each other? Yeah. Where did you know, come it, from? Yeah. 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 And, and this, you get all of it. So yeah. my, my one last thing I want to say about the film, most entertaining credit sequence I've seen in years. Good Lord. Oh, yes. dear Lord. I... I, I remember looking at Jim and going, this shouldn't be this funny for this long. And yet. And yet. <laughs> yes. It just keeps getting better. Well, well, you, you know that that was originally in the middle of the film, that dance sequence. I did not know. You did not Thank know that. God it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. No, it was yeah, a good choice. Not, it was a, not a great choice. They, they, so, they, they, they put it in, in place and was like, no, the, the movie just stops dead here. But they didn't want to get rid of the Bye. sequence partly because they spent over a million dollars on that dance scene but anyway um <laughs> I, I think their solution was yeah. well well yeah. used. Ex- extras ain't cheap um, okay fair point so especially extras dancing extras because yeah. you, you had to hire dancers yeah um and seeing the guy from the wire show up um <laughs> oh. yeah yeah so okay and the other character actor i never remember his name but he's one of those faces one of those guys i think he's been on west wing I'm pretty sure he yeah. was on West Wing playing oh. he was Butterfield. Agent. He was playing, the guy that played Butterfield? The, the, one of the... the, the head of the Secret uh, yeah, Service. Secret Service yeah, the that two, was the two detectives or yeah. some sort of... Yeah. Well, no, there was the guy friends? from The Wire and Boardwalk yeah. Empire. Yeah, yeah. So, Scar. I'm going to be... Uh-oh. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take down the relentless positivity just a notch here. All right. So, Ghostbusters was not, for me, a great movie. It was a fun movie. It was very fun. I think it did suffer a little bit because a lot of that movie is ad-libbed. And there are some very, very funny ad-libs in that film. But the comedy in it, I think, suffered from not having more written structure to it. This is the original Ghostbusters. No, this Ghostbusters. This Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. A lot of it was ad-libbed from what I'm to understand. Which is the same thing with the original. that That they put down, like... They tell this thing to this other person, and then there's just ad libbing that happens, and they choose the best best thing. Okay. That that they come up with. Now, there's some really funny moments that come out of that. I think that there was some some pretty flat comedy that came out of it too, where it was just kind of like, okay, that that wasn't as good as maybe a like a structured. You didn't so because it was so ad libbed. You didn't have a lot of callback jokes. You didn't have a lot of like through lines True. to True. their comedy. Okay. True. So you didn't have a lot of things where it was like this is now a running gag where you you don't want to overdo those, but you want to have some, some of them continuity where, some continuity of, to your comedy. Humor. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin uh, was the running gag. Kevin yes. was absolutely the running and, gag. And the and the Chinese food. And the <laughs> Chinese food, uh, which was probably scripted. To be honest, I mean the, the, those things are are things that are scripted, and then. Maybe you know Melissa McCarthy probably had some some good ad libs along the way, but there was probably more scripting to do with it. It really did give me one of my favorite lines from the movie, though. Hmm. I just want a reasonable ratio (laughs) of wonton to soup. This This is madness. (laughs) And Um, the other thing that I missed this is that this is so. And yes, as as someone, we are we are on the upper scale of the. 
of the the nerd age range. Um, not like the super You're upper scale, normal. but but we are we are not twenty year olds. So I thought that mostly the soundtrack was not as good because it's not my eighties music. Exactly, damn it. what these damn kids which, are listening to these which, days. Which, by the way, the noise. the real Ghostbusters cartoon had it, even though it was made in like the later eighties, had a bunch of eighties music in it randomly. Yeah. Just like it's an action sequence, let's throw in some eighties music, which totally made it feel like the movie. Kind of there's just random. Anyway, that was aside. Um, the thing I really missed about in the new one is that there was not things in it like Tobin's Spirit Guide. They did not. I understand that they were like kind of the forerunners of their, you know, right. the, the thing that they were like trailblazing. But even then, the, when you're trailblazing like well, there that, was, there should have the, been the moment, reference guide. It, it, the, it moment, the moment we were watching the real Ghostbusters and, and I had forgotten about the Tobin's Spirit Guide. And I heard that name and I went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Awesome that was. Now, 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 there is one bit of the film that does do that, and that's where they, they, they pull out the reference books that show the ley lines of the city. Yep. There's yeah, a, there's the one ley line, good. but yeah. they don't, in, in Ghostbusters, they refer to the, the Tobin Spirit Guide and the Spates catalog. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, there, there might even be a couple that I forget out of there. Mm-hmm. In the second one, there is a, like, a, a primitive internet uh, thing where yes. they, they look up Vigo the, the Carpathian in, in their database, yeah. online database. Um, so there's different, and they, they when they're examining Oscar when they, in Dana Barrett's apartment at the beginning, they Ray and Egon rattle off a couple of tests that they're going to perform on yeah. him, as if testing a baby for paranormal things it's just standard, is something it's just, that somebody has already done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it it I, makes the world richer. Okay, it gives it a history that they are building on previous, probably totally wackadoodle research <laughs> that has gone on out about this. But it gives it that feel that that there's the, that the world existed and existed before them, and the new Ghostbusters does not have that. Right. It just it it's, there's there's no extra world building that they do. Yeah, that's right. a good point. Yeah, I I want to give my, my two minor complaints about the movie, uh, and they're they're both structural. The bit where we see the the Ghost Breakers, I think it was on television that that, that Ghost Jumpers. Yeah, yeah, that feels like a really big unfired Chekhov's gun to me. Yes. It, it seemed like that was going to be important later, and it yeah, never was. was. And, you know, so that, but that's a really minor yeah. complaint. Uh, I, my, my slightly larger complaint is that with uh, Bill Murray's character gets thrown out of a window, and we don't know whether he was injured, whether he died, what exactly happened to him. Yeah, because the was, impression I took away is he's dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I but, but there was no reference or repercussion <laughs> or anything and he's done. to the rest of the story. Lightly um, add to that. And, and, well, I, I, I'm not quite done with this one. Okay. And, and, and also, you know, as a result of that, when that particular ghost comes back at the end of the film, uh-huh. that should have been a bigger moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those, but but everything I just laid out there is the only problems I have with this movie. The rest yeah. of it, I really, really solidly enjoyed. So, so the thing with Bill Murray's character, that's a case of, oh yeah, they they realized, oh we forgot to follow up on him in the movie, so they did it in ancillary me- media. Right. Which the joke is, he he writes the for he changes his mind. Oh, I've had massive doctor's bills, and he writes the foreword to their new book, and then in the first path, chapter. We know he wrote our foreword, which is kind of weird because he died. <laughs> huh. So, um, yeah. But, I was actually but, kind of expecting him to come back as a ghost later in the yeah, film. Yeah, so that would have died. Um, but yeah, the, something there, it didn't connect. Yeah. yeah. It was like they were afraid to show the body. 
Yeah. Something. Yeah. Well, certain things you have to do for the rating. That's yeah, true. Yeah. The only thing that even minorly threw me out of the movie, besides the, oh my god, that's Patrick Stump, wait, Paul Boy moment, which is <laughs> entirely, you know, a weirdness of mine, was when the big ghost fighting scene and the, the parade ghosts, I... Because of I am a goth and I have a I am a goth with a particular sense of whimsy. I'm like, and it's the Tim Burton sketchbook, yay! Pretty oh, much, yeah. Wait, we're supposed to be paying attention to the <laughs> Tim Burton yeah. sketchbook, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although that did make That's for a nice cameo, yeah. Of, uh, so I I thought that was a well done sequel. The one thing somebody had pointed out. There's also a really cute way to bring the stay puff, yeah. Back yes, yeah. yes. That this movie, unlike the original Ghostbusters, this was a much more action packed film. Oh, yeah. Largely because of how special effects have advanced. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that most of the ghosts were people in costumes. Yep. Practical effects for the ghosts. Yes. Practical effects yes. ghosts, but they could fight them, literally fight them. I remember the the scene with Holzman going uh, proton blasters akimbo. Hold on. Oh, my God. Hold on. Because yes. when we talked about it being more action-packed, yeah. I swear to God, like, I would pay ten times over the price of admission to that film uh-huh. for the moment where... Where she drops the guns into her hands, licks the barrel, and then does that action roll of yes. taking fucking everything out. Mm-hmm. Just having a huge moment of awesome, which yeah. women characters and never nothing, get. nothing sexualized. No, no, no. no, no. no. In a baggy jumpsuit, and a baggy jumpsuit, just being competent and powerful and lethal. Yeah. Yes. Well, nothing sexualized beyond the licking of the guns, so. <laughs> which is a very well, and, and, and yes. where I thought yeah. she was yes, going with that. Yes, but not, but not. Like cute shots or something. Right, exactly. Like she, the, 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 that, that she never seemed as anything other than absolutely powerful. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't sexualized in a male gazy way. It was sexualized yes. in a this is her celebrating herself yes. moment. It was, and, oh my it was not God. sexualized on the screen. Jen sexualized it in her head. <laughs> that's, oh, so did all the taller. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's where yeah. I was going. Yeah. She was like, that's not sexualized. So I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey, I know how you feel about that scene. I, I will You're say this. Wrong, but the friendship, the friendship, the friendship. The friendship so, speech. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was I actually pretty moving. I cried. I started, actually, they were crying in tears. I'm actually really wondering if that was completely ad-libbed. Because if you look at the faces of everyone oh, else at that right. table... Yeah. They look well, genuinely they look surprised. Well, you know, Kate McKinnon is well known from SNL for... Yeah. First I off, like they watching say, her because it starts out so like... Well, she she's she was known on SNL as being the person... You can put her in a crap sketch and it's still going to be good because yeah. she's in yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, the uh, the the thing... The, what is, cause it was kicked in my feels, John. Because t- <laughs> Tumblr obviously has embraced Holzman. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, has my, my favorite quote was, Jillian Holzman. Raising everyone's Kinski numbers. <laughs> she might now literally be my favorite character in anything ever. I'm not exaggerating <laughs> when I say that. It, it was, again, she was a she's, well-realized, fully-formed yeah. character that you kind of understand where she's coming from. We get little hints of her background. I love that she's a full-on mad scientist. Yeah. And and, 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 and yeah, everything she I makes works. I love her flirtation and her sexy yeah. blowtorch dance. Oh my god. <laughs> god. Oh my god. Look, there's a character named Jillian dancing around with blowtorches. Why can't I have a blowtorch? Why can't you have two blowtorches? Yeah, Jeff. Why can't I have two blowtorches? Because... Because you also don't own a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah. I do so. Yeah, but would you use it? Uh, eventually. Could you yeah. dance with the fire extinguisher? She's never said... 
anything accidentally on fire. Yeah. There we go. And accidentally <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The key Let's finish this. And why could you not burn down the shop Dad used to work for? Because I am far too recognizable a person, and I would get caught. Yes. yes. All right. So anyway, just had to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, what was your your uh, final takeaway? I really liked it, and I really like the fact, from a larger metatextual standpoint, the fact that there is a a movie out there of these women scientists doing this really cool stuff that all of these younger women can point to and go, there, there are my role models. Yeah, I exactly. have seen so many posts on Tumblr because Tumblr largely skews younger, so I see a lot of the kids yep. who are talking about they they now have someone they can point to, especially in Holtzman, and say, that, yeah. that is who I am going to be. I want to be that fearless and that weird and that yeah. unapologetic yes. in what I am interested yes. in. Because that is the biggest thing I think that young women need to learn is to stop apologizing. Yes. And I am I am the worst at that. I apologize for everything. I apologize to inanimate objects. You apologize for apologizing. I apologize for well, apologizing. Um, because what is it that 10 words that young women need to learn is stop interrupting me. Mm-hmm. And, and what was the other one? That's oh, I don't good. remember it all. I'm sorry, this is important enough to have this. Okay. Yeah, so while she's looking that up, I mean, the, the when we were at that the movie thing over the weekend, uh, I forget the guy's name that was there, that uh, was there the longest with us. Uh, but he was he, he talked, he was like, the reason why when, when Kelly was shitting on Ghostbusters as being a terrible movie, it was just the worst. And then he shit on Pacific Rim, and by God, oh, there was an no, argument. No, oh, this no, will not stand. No. Um, <laughs> there he's just objectively well, wrong. But anyway, the, the, to... to not to digress into that, but he, uh, uh, the the other guy that was there, and I'm forgetting his name, but he was like that. Uh, he he liked the movie, but he's like, and the reason why I will go to see that movie and I will see it even if it was bad is because my five year old daughter yeah. said that for Halloween she couldn't be a Ghostbuster because she was a girl. Yeah, 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 and that's not so, true anymore. The the but, the um. Mm-hmm. The words that little girls need to learn are, stop interrupting me, I just said that, mm-hmm. and no explanation needed. Yes. And yes. and there are so many ways that Jillian exemplifies um, yeah. unapologetic strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's so much where we're supposed to be demure. I, I'm seeing so much, and oh my God, I'm so sorry as I even bring this up. And they just covered my face as I'm speaking because the microphone doesn't have enough trouble picking me up anyhow. <laughs> With uh, Hillary Clinton just having received the Democratic nomination. Woo! Mm. I am so fucking pissed about people who are tearing her apart by, well, I don't like her voice. She's yeah. shrill. She's shrill. She needs to stop talking at us. She needs to smile more. She needs to smile more. I was more. staggered by oh, that one. God. You wouldn't be if you were a woman who's ever fucking worked in business mm-hmm. or has ever fucking worked in a job mm-hmm. where you have been smacked down for voicing a complaint or standing up for an injustice or just trying to do your job when there is a man out there who thinks that you should be doing it in a different way or feels that you are stealing his thunder or feels that you are undermining his ability to shine with your competence. One of the things that... No, you you are absolutely right to be angry about this. And one one of the things that has always been 
a weird side benefit to my being so unapologetically eccentric in my dress is I work in a corporate... Well, okay, right now I don't work in a corporate setting. I work from home. But other times in the tech industry when I have worked in corporate offices, I dress the way I dress, and that really intimidates those type of guys in business settings, especially because I refuse to back down. I will say things like, I don't understand this. I need you to explain it again. No, you've just contradicted yourself. These things (laughs) don't make any sense, and I don't play the gender game that they expect and that yes. freaks them out. Yes. Yeah. And I'm seeing I'm seeing so much of that also being thrown at this movie. Yeah. Oh, including the 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 comments of well this movie would be we I would find this movie better if the actresses were prettier. Yeah, good luck. I saw that. We would yeah. not be getting the complaint about the the the, the an all female Ghostbusters reboot if it was Megan Fox. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I when I saw that comment go by on the internet, that's when I was like, "And we're taking a little break from the internet, and yeah. we're going to go play with the cats and not think about the outside world for a little." Because while. heavy set women are supposed to exist. So yeah, here, here's the one thing I want to say: should, we should be hidden away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... a, a, every female that's in a movie is there for your consumption. Yeah. And, yeah, and if they're not up there being conventionally pretty and conventionally sexy, then, then what's the point of them? And Why are they there? As movie's not for me, and and, and, the and their gaze. prettiness isn't for me either. So yeah. what the fuck are they even doing? And yeah, here's the thing: the one one of the things okay. I really love no, about this cast. Flames. There was going to be ranting. Yeah, yeah. The, one, the one thing <laughs> where this cast truly flames. parallels the original cast is back in the '80s, the original Ghostbusters were some of the top comedic actors yep. at, at the time. And this Ghostbusters are so some of the top, top comedic yep. actors yeah, at this time. time. Uh, they just happen to be, we're having a real renaissance of really funny women mm-hmm. that are demanding their due. And this movie is the biggest the biggest charge forward and, yet of, hi, no, you're going to have to deal with us. Yeah, and Paul Fagg oh. has made that point. That's why he wanted to do this cast, is because yep. these were... These were, were, were the, the, the comic greats that he was seeing, that he was, was working on. It was so refreshing to sit and watch a movie that wasn't constantly pandering to the male gaze. And it's yeah. something that's so pervasive and background radiation that you don't realize it until the absence until it's is gone. there. It was yeah. much like watching Fury Road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the same sort of thing, where it's like, oh, this is something different. And this is, in a way, relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One a, a point that I really um, I want to bring up is from uh, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants. And I'm just going to read it straight from the, the quote from it. Amy Poehler was new to SNL, and they were all crowded in the 17th floor writer's room waiting for the Wednesday night read-through to start. And there were always a lot of noisy comedy bits going on in the room. Amy was in the middle of some such nonsense when Seth Meyers across the table. She did something vulgar as a joke. And I can't remember what it was exactly, except he was dirty and loud and unladylike. And Jimmy Fallon, who was arguably the star of the show at the time, turned to her and in a faux squeamish voice said, Stop that! It's not cute! I don't like it! And Amy dropped what she was doing, went black in the eyes for a second, wheeled around on him. I don't fucking care if you like it. And Jimmy was visually, visibly started, startled, and Amy, Amy went right back into enjoying her ridiculous bit. Because even in a group that's a team, yeah. and in supposedly all respected members, there is still this mentality that we are there to be adorable and entertaining. And we can only be funny if we're adorable and entertaining while we're being funny. Yes. Yes. And likable. 
And and speaking as one of the older people in the room, as I have gotten older and I am starting to age out of that cultural expectation, I didn't realize how freeing it would be. Yes. I didn't think I had internalized all of that as much as I had. And coming up against the realizations of, oh, wait, because I am over 45, I am no longer culturally expected by this, yes. is liberating and also very galling of, yes. my yes. God, how much time did I waste even unconsciously pandering to this? Yes. Yes. I, I am somebody who's always looked very young for my age. And I never thought of myself as the cute girl until I moved out here and lots of people were really supportive and told me I was cute. And, um, but it's exactly the same thing. I'm, I'm approaching my mid forties and I don't have a girlish body anymore. Yeah. And I have put on weight and my face doesn't look girlish anymore. And it is freeing, but there's times where you see photographs or you see video and you're like, that's not how I, that's look, not what in I my, look like in my head. Yeah. yeah. And you have to reconcile, I still like me. Yes. And I still am. I am I am the entirety of all I am. Yes. Regardless of of a photograph or a video that cuts down my feelings about myself a little bit. Yeah. I'm still here and I'm still good. Yes. That's what I really loved about this is, is just how whole each of these characters seemed yes. to me. They were people. Yes. They were not female characters, TM. They were people. They and, were and, a walking and, collection of tropes. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and this, this was, was wonderful for, for me too. Cause you know, not only do, do, do I get tired of male gaze in movies because it's insulting, you know, they, they think I'm stupid. Um, uh, but, most of my friends have always been women, you know, since I was a kid. And so to, to, to be watching this movie and thinking, these are people like my friends. I'm getting to see people who are like my mm -hmm. friends in a movie, having a great big adventure and being funny and being smart and being wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And, and that was tremendously amazing for me. Here's, here's something that I found out just, you know, just in the, the process of watching interviews with the cast is... Leslie Jones is just shy of 50. Yeah, she's 48. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. She's doing it for one thing. And she's still wow. working. And she's still <laughs> getting her in the movie. But, but yeah, she I means she's a she's a major character and, yeah. and not given a role where she's a mom or, you know, yeah. whatever. She is she's just a person in that film. And, yeah, she and is an active, yeah. vital person. Her, her age does not matter. Yes. So you Real quick pain point. We're in, so I saw it this weekend. Mm -hmm. Larissa and I went, and we're in the theater, and they start playing the trailers. And there's some good trailers. Oh, but I then the Medea Halloween movie trailer comes oh on. Yeah. And I'm like, why oh. are you showing this trailer in front of this this yeah. bad? Somebody, somebody's, first off, somebody made this movie. But second <laughs> off, they're showing it in front No. It's, I wow. But okay. I have the thing that. Is, the thing is with Medea movies is we can look at them and think they're terrible and think mm -hmm. the humor is not as good as it could be. Mm -hmm. It's fucking representation. It's, yeah, that's it's true. Not, and yeah. It's, it's not, not for us. It's yeah, not, it's not for we're us. all a bunch of white people. You're right. And yeah. I, and I can I, look at that and be like, and I, you know, I'm the same. It's kind of the same way. I was yeah. like, eh. uh, but it's not. It's not a movie for me. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I, so yeah. what? What the fuck do I know about? You know what? And great. 
more black movies. There's yeah. Well, there, there, there's, there's been how, that, like 150 of those films, yeah. so they've got to be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, so, and exactly. that was that was actually my bigger thing was another Medea movie. Yeah. But you're yeah, right. If it's, it's a franchise, it, you know how many going. earnest moral movies were there made? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you're right. So, so this was, was one of the things that, that I actually uh, kind of caught myself wondering is, is I was listening to people say sexist shit about this movie and not grasping that it was sexist, yeah. and and thinking, okay, if this had been an all black cast remake and you were saying these things, would you realize they were racist? Probably not. Yeah, no. like, yeah. yeah probably not. Yeah. I don't know, but but but, but maybe. I think I think it's seen the one that really pisses me off is 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 um, there's certain forms of racism that are seen as more acceptable. Yeah, yeah. but 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 on the other hand, r- racism is something that I think ha- there, there's a broader message in the culture. This is supposed to be bad. You're supposed to feel not okay if you do this more so than sexism. Yeah. So I, so I think maybe some of these people might realize, oh yeah, that wouldn't be cool if I did that. Would no, it? I I think the people who are going to go be vitriolic online about something they haven't even seen yet yeah are not self-aware enough that's probably to, true to yeah. recognize they, any level of oh maybe i shouldn't be saying this well you get the people i mean on this about not being aware because you had people that we want to prove this movie is tanking so i'm going to buy out an entire theater so i can take a picture of myself in an empty theater so no one's <laughs> congratulations here. you just gave them a shit ton of yeah, money without realizing <laughs> The Good studio's going to look at the money they made. Yeah. People did that? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's... Yeah, more dollars than You cents. go ahead and keep doing that. That's hey, amazing. I have a P.O. box you can send money to. Yeah. <laughs> you I... can send me hate mail after you do it. <laughs> yes. You can send, you that, can, send, send here's us your $100, hate mail. Here's $100 a letter. You suck, you bitch. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll be crying my way to the bank. Yep. Yeah. See, yeah. This, I really need some new flu bugs. <laughs> See, this is, this is the main reason I want to do this episode. This is the main reason I've been so vocal about this movie over on Tumblr, is that it's not just that these people have been complaining about the existence of this movie. It's that they've been actively campaigning to try to bury it. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, just before it came out and, you know, the first critic re- critical reviews well, were rolling in. Well, I said in. it's still doing really well. And Kelly yeah. was like, no, no, it's doing terribly. And I'm like, you know what? No, every he's, major, he's wrong. Every major movie has had this kind of fall after the first yep. week. Okay. Well, Let's since you mentioned, well, well before we get into these facts, Michael, I got one question for you. Yeah. So, how did it feel to go viral? That felt pretty damn good. So, actually. those aren't aware, uh, Michael wrote a Tumblr post uh, about that exploded off of Tumblr. Yeah. How many? How many? It has over sixty-six thousand notes on it on Tumblr. I, I should look up the actual text of it so that I can repeat this accurately. So, while he's doing that, real quick, I just want to say, going back a little ways where people are talking about reverse racism. So, nerds, listen up. You can't have reverse racism. You can't have reverse sexism. There's no reverse of it. The reverse of it is being, like, generous to everybody. That's, that's, and that's not what we're talking about here. For two reasons. One, it's just plain racism or it's just plain sexism. Second of all, racism requires a certain amount of power structure to it. Yeah. So you can't be racist against white people as a black person. You can be bigoted. You can be prejudiced. But you can't be racist because you don't have the you don't own everything like us white people. You don't do. have the institutional yes, power. Yes, there's, behind there's it. no institutional power behind it. There's only one time where it is acceptable to say the reverse of something, and that is when you were talking about Professor Zoom, the Reverse Flash. <laughs> you make an excellent point, sir. Yeah, really, a ridiculous yeah. one, but yeah, it's an excellent, an excellent point. point. Yet, 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 as 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 the geek culture blogger here, uh, I, I salute you. <laughs> All right. Um, the the thing 
that that pe people are missing with this too is um in, in in comedy there's this thing about you don't punch down correct right yeah. you know you 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 punch upwards <laughs> um so so you know it, it it it's okay like for a poor person to make a joke at the expense of of, of the of the obscenely rich it's not okay for an obscenely rich person to make a joke at the expense of the poor similarly that's what's going on with this movie making its joke about kevin being a useless pretty bit of uh, eye candy they are punching up at i i yes. almost hesitate to use this word but i'm going to the patriarchy yes i and that's why it's okay. Yes. Anyway, so I found the, the specific post. This was my uh, my post on Tumblr uh, after I saw the movie. Was starting out, you know, in quotes. Chris Hemsworth's character in Ghostbusters was so useless. He was stupid. And he was just there as eye candy for the female audience. And he was the only male lead character. Dear haters, does it bother you when the only lead character in a show who's the same gender as you is brainless, loose to eye candy? Does it? Does it really? That must be so terrible for you. And, and that post exploded. It and totally did. It, so. it, it, it's gotten me some non hate for the first time on Excellent. Tumblr, well and, and I feel yeah. like I've arrived. You've arrived. But but mainly, you know, there's thousands of people out there who saw that and laughed at it, and and it, it, yeah. it took down yeah some of the hatred that, that have been aimed at them. So. <laughs> so facts, give us facts and figures. Oh yes, 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 facts and figures about how well it's doing. Okay, it's not doing phenomenal. Okay. But it's but but people are saying it's bombing and that that's insane bullshit and a big part of the reason that people are saying that it's bombing is because it its box office take dropped fifty three percent in its second weekend, which is pretty much on par. With its actual projection, uh -huh. but from the industry was fifty one point four percent. So, so it right. is basically right on target. Um, its opening weekend it took in uh, forty six million dollars. Which is the largest opening weekend that, for a Paul Feig and, and, and Melissa McCarthy movie. Yep. Um, Good on there. Yeah. Um, worldwide so far, uh, it has made $158,202,605. Now, it, it, it's... Didn't it cost hundred eleven? It, 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 its budget is $144 million. Okay. And, and generally... Okay, this is a very vague rule of thumb. Generally, the rule is... Uh, movie needs to bring in twice what, what budget, budget was. was, but but this is after only three weeks, yeah. And and this isn't taking into account, you know, DVD sales, you know, any, anything. Yeah. So if I this know is, I'm buying it. Yeah, there are people out there who are trying to tell you, oh, this is tanked, it has failed, this is going to be uh, something that will haunt Sony for years. Yeah. No, this movie is doing just fine. It is it is within its projections. You yeah. want to talk about movies that were projected to be a summer blockbuster? And that vanished, vanished off the screens. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland, uh, the second one, Return Oof. to Wonderland. Yeah. 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 There were some great tie-in merchandise, clothing line and makeup and lines not, that were awesome. I'm not seeing but, anything about um, Independence Day. No. No. It yeah. came and went. This has been overall a, a pretty terrible summer for movies. Yeah. And appropriately to the general subject of our podcast, you know what's been doing well? The Conjuring Two, Yay! Uh, The Purge, um, yeah. it, it, the, the, these lower budget horror movies are making bank at the box office yeah. this year. Well, and, and, hopefully, and Lights these... Out is still playing this weekend, so we can maybe go yeah. see it. Huh. Well, I, again, I, in times I, of cultural unrest, horror does. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, we just saw it this last weekend. Yeah, and the theater was packed. And I still, yeah. I still know of people that are like, I'm still looking for the time to get in there and, and yeah. watch it. 
Oh, both, there, both times that we saw it was at the uh, the six seven o'clock showing at the six dollar cheapy day at the the beer theater. Sold out both times. Yeah, yeah. we uh, had to get there really early, and both times we didn't get to sit in the center of the yeah. We sat outside. I've still got at least one more friend who can't afford to go right now, who I'm going to be taking soon. Yeah. Uh, last week I took a couple of friends who were in the same uh, situation. I, I my my rough total, if I remember my math, is that uh, just with the times that I have seen it and the times that, that I'm currently actively planning to see it, <laughs> I'll have spent about 120 dollars on movie tickets <laughs> myself. I need to talk to the uh, the parent of my eldest goddaughter, who is 11, to see if they've taken her to see it yet, or and if they haven't. If they haven't, well, we're going to organize a family outing because mm-hmm. my God, Tec- my my Tec- tiny geeky. Yeah, I showed Tekla the tiny the, Winter Soldier. She needs to see. Yeah, she does absolutely. And, and I think Tekla will enjoy it, but I think it's too scary for her to I see in the theater. Too. Yeah, uh, right I, I know. My, my very uh, my sensitive little flower. Yes, I know. Liz went, and Armin came home and started drawing fan art. Yeah. Yep. And and speaking we are, of... We are the, of, the home of nerdy, nerdy children. Yeah. Oh, and by God, I'm going to cosplay that portrait. I'm going to cosplay the haunted <laughs> portrait. She is That's amazing. Fantastic. That dress, I must have it. I was all going to be Abby, and then Lisa said she was going to be Abby, and maybe there's room for all the Abbies. There, yeah. there totally is. Yeah, I absolutely. Know. There have a- been a- so Abby, many... Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, there have been so many <laughs> fashion tutorials and posts oh, on yeah. mainstream fashion sites of how to get Holtzman's look. Jezebel, which is a relatively large, theoretically feminist, Media site yeah. from Gawker Media. They had a whole article about okay, a lot of Holtzman stuff was custom made for her character. Here's where you can find reasonable facsimiles at current fashion in places. Right, which yeah. I would do it, and then and then the uh, the final touch was an attitude of, you know, fuck off. Yes, yeah. yeah. But seeing that, I was like, okay, that is. Yeah, this this has been you know my 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 cause celebre of the summer. Uh, if we've got all these people out there who are actively trying to tear this down, then my job is to shout them down, as yes. far as I'm concerned. Because oh, yeah. there, there's only two sides to be on in this world. The side of the light and the side of the dark. And if you're out there trying to remove something that other people are taking joy in, you're the bad guy. I'm sorry, but that that's that's well, where you've ended up. You're yeah. the villain. Let people like things. Yeah, yes. let people like things. And in the immortal words of Steve Rogers, I don't like bullies. I think that's your wrap-up point right there, dude. That kind of is my wrap-up point, but I, I, I do have one more specific little rant that I want sure. to get into, and that, that that's really specifically about the, the term they keep using of this movie ruined my childhood. Let me oh, talk to you about that for a second out there. I don't, I don't I can't imagine there's anybody else uh, listening to this who, who's gotten to this point who who's actually thinks that, but theoretically, that's who I'm talking to right now. If you say that this ruined your childhood, I kind of get what you're talking about. I understand this. The, the, the original movie, this was important to you. This is something that you kept and you took with you. All these heroic stories of our childhood. You, you, you looked at this and you said, if I had a proton pack, I could bust some ghosts. If, if I had a lightsaber, I could bring down Darth Vader. You know, all of it. I understand that. It was important to you. I get it. But it can't ruin your childhood because your childhood is over. You had it. You had your childhood. You had that one shining golden moment in the sun where you got to go around on the merry-go-round. You got to reach for that brass ring. And you got the brass ring, and here's the best part. You got to take everything you won with you. 
that's one of the big things that has changed in our society is, is, is we get to hold on to our childish interests and, and, and keep them into our adulthood and say, yes, this is something I still love. You get to do that. You get to, to, to keep the stuffed animals you own with that brass ring and carry them around the rest of adulthood park with you. The one thing you cannot do is stay on the merry-go-round. The one thing you cannot do is look at the line of, of little kids, and with this movie specifically, little girls, and tell them they can't get on the merry-go-round because you're still sitting on those fucking horses. You need to get off. You need to realize that it is their turn to have a happy childhood. You need to look at the pictures online of little girls who are dressed up as Ghostbusters, who are excited for this movie, who, who, who see these characters and they love them, and realize this is their childhood, this is her their happy moment, and these are the people that you're shitting on. And now I'm done talking for the evening. <laughs> I'm Michael Montour. Uh, you can find me and my writing at bloodletters.com. You can also look for my books on Amazon. Uh, I'm at michaelmontour.tumblr.com, uh, which <laughs> the, the post that went viral was from my, my other Tumblr account, slightlypsychic.tumblr.com. And if I'd had any idea, it would have gone out under my actual name. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter as Montour, and you can also find me on Facebook. Um, my name is Jennifer Lovely. I have a blog at jengoloves.com. All of my links to most of my social media can be found there. Uh, I am Jim, and uh, if you want to find me online, you can find me doing humorous photos with uh, celebrities at famouspeoplehateme.tumblr.com. If you play the uh, fantasy flight game Star Wars Armada, you can find my podcast about that at firewhenreadypodcast.com. I'm Jillian Venters. You can find me at gothiccharmschool.com, gothiccharmschool.tumblr.com, and the book Gothic Charm School, an essential guide for goths and those who love them, available from bookstores everywhere. And I'm Jeff Harris, and you can find me at www.fanboynewsnetwork.com. And this has been Don't Read the Latin. Jennifer and I will be talking to you again in two weeks. roughly two weeks. <laughs>